Hello everyone, this is The Runner On Air. I am your host, Joy Gamble, and this week's episode is dedicated to celebrating Black History Month at CSU Bakersfield. Before we get to our guest segment, I just wanted to cover the definition of the hashtag Black Lives Matter movement and why it's been reawakened due to the tragic death of George Floyd within this past year. This was retrieved from the Black Lives Matter website. Quote, Hashtag Black Lives Matter was founded in 2013 in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murderer. Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation Inc. is a global organization in the US, UK, and Canada whose mission is to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. By combating and countering acts of violence, creating space for black imagination and innovation, and centering black joy, we are winning immediate improvements in our lives. We affirm the lives of black queer and trans folks, disabled folks, undocumented folks, folks with records, women, and all black lives along the gender spectrum. Our network centers those who have been marginalized within black liberation movements, unquote. If you would like to know more about the hashtag Black Lives Matter movement, I strongly advise you check out their website because as students, we strive to seek the most valid sources possible. And um, yeah, the website will show you the facts and you can show your support in as many ways as possible. Social injustice needs to stop and we have the power and voices to do so now. So it's time. next guest is Darius Riggins, the director of the outreach program at CSUB, as well as the co-chair of the BFSA, which stands for the Black and Faculty Staff Association. All right. So I did a little bit of research about you at CSUB, and I saw that you are the director of the outreach program. And I've actually, I don't know what that is. So can you just tell me a little bit about that? Yes, um, I am the director of university outreach. And my department, our job is to go out into the high schools and talk to the students about not only uh, going to college, but choosing CSUB uh, as their institution once they graduate from high school. That's awesome. Yeah, so, so I have a staff of three outreach recruiters, and we pretty much handle Kern County is our service area. Wow. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I saw that, and I was like, I see this, like, everywhere, but I thought that I would wait to ask you personally because, I don't know, it's kind of cool, like, coming from, like, the director. <laughs> um, also, I saw, so you are part of, let me pull it up on my phone. 
um, the BFSA, which is the Black Faculty and Staff Association. And I just wanted to read from CSUB's website so that our, our listeners can know what it is. So the mission of the Black Faculty and Staff Association is one, support strong faculty and staff working relationships, two, to cultivate and promote reciprocal relationships between CSUB and the community, and three, facilitate the recruitment, retention, and graduation of students. Um, The Black Faculty and Staff Association at CSUB Bakersfield defines social justice as the process by which all persons are afforded the opportunity to be empowered to exercise their freedom without fear of discrimination because of race, color, creed, religious belief, gender, age, sexual identification, national origin, or ability. That one's self-determination is defended and supported first by one's humanity and second by the laws of this Furthermore, that social justice demands the respect of the aforementioned diversity of persons, the acknowledgement of an equal opportunity of all marginalized groups, and the fight against all things unjust and oppressive, particularly when faced against political ideology that attempts to infringe upon civil liberties and the rights of those residing in this country. That, that paragraph is beautiful, but I just wanted to ask you, um, what does the BFSA mean to you personally? Yeah, well, um, the Black Faculty Staff Association really provides an opportunity <clears throat> for those um, of, of African-American descent that work on campus, as well as those that have an affinity for the Black community, uh, can come together and do programming that is relevant uh, to the campus, that can come together to help students, uh, that can come together and just provide um, opportunities as well as support while they're at CSUB. So we will do a variety of things. Um, We will meet to uh, come together and say, hey, let's make sure we have a good, vibrant, Black History Month. And so that was one of our goals for this year. And I think we've done a pretty good job so far. Uh, We also want to get involved with um, outreach efforts to uh, students in high school, middle school, uh, to give them information about what it's going to be like when they get to college and give them the opportunities and let them know what they have to do now while they're in high school so that they can come to a university like CSUB. Um, but we also want to be supportive of the campus community. Um, so anything that we can do that um, allows for that support to take place, we want to do. Um, I think a large part of it is connecting with uh, the campus community in terms of the students so that they can feel that there is support and that there are professionals on campus that's willing to help them. Um, if if I don't know if you realize this, but there are other groups on campus that have some type of center or some type of office that will cater to their needs based upon their demographic. Well, there isn't one on campus for African-American students. Uh, They can take advantage of some places, but there isn't a unique spot where all African-American students can go to if they want to have support and safety. So the Black faculty and staff Um, is trying to bring that about, as well as supporting um, academic efforts, such as the establishment of a new ethnic studies department. So we want to be in the mix. We want to stay active and we want to stay 
uh, communicative with uh, the campus community, working at all levels, from the president's office on down to the club or organization uh, that needs some support. Wow, that's awesome. So how long has the BFSA been at CSUB? Well, um, I think there's been, um, it's, it's, it's always been around, um, and but what happens a lot, <laughs> interestingly enough, even with professional organizations, sometimes when certain leaders leave or take on other responsibilities, um, sometimes the organization falls by the wayside or is not as strong. So for example, um, every year, uh, I, I've been working for CSUB now for six years. And every year there's been a group of, of black faculty, staff, professionals that make sure that there is a black graduation. So, you know, that's just an example of there's always something going on that the black faculty and staff are working on. But um, in, the, in the last few years, they have fell off with a significant amount of involvement and a significant amount of programming. Myself and Tamar uh, decided that we wanted to, um, with, with the blessing of the community, uh, be co-chairs for the organization and add some leadership, add some incentive and push the black community to do a little bit more. And so that's what you see happening this particular year, uh, because last year and the year before that, we didn't have as strong a uh, Black History Month. So what you see happening this year is um, an example of us doing just a little bit more to make sure that we're involved, to make sure that we're relevant, and to make sure that we are represented on campus. So hopefully this, this trend will uh, maintain itself. And when myself, or Tamar step down, there will be other black faculty staff that will step up uh, to be the co-chairs and continue on what we've started or reignited. Wow, thank you for that. Um, the social justice statement on that website is seriously like amazing that you guys live by that and can pass it on to students, other faculty members that can be a part of something, you know, because just want to do more. Um, since everything came up this past year. Yeah, because see, uh, there, you know, there are campuses that have um, more supportive elements on campus because there is an academic side of the house that embraces the African-American community. So for example, I went to Cal State Northridge and I got my bachelor's degree in Pan-African Studies. Well, there's a full vibrant Pan-African Studies department um, that, that teaches classes and where you can get a degree. So there is a place that African-American students can go to even if it was just an academic department. Well, we don't have that here at CSUB. Um, and so when you start to see uh, social justice issues arise, particularly in the black community, there's always gonna be a response, particularly if there is, if, if there, um, there happens to be a place where, uh, not that there's no response, but nothing organized. And so, yes, I mean, when, when you start talking about things that happen in Ferguson, uh, things that's happened in Atlanta, what we saw happen in uh, Minnesota, um, uh, uh, and, and the whole Black Lives Matter um, protests that have happened all around the country and even the world, um, we could not sit by as uh, Black faculty and staff at CSUB 
and not do something, not say something, not show that we are um, in tune uh, with what's going on as it pertains to social justice in this country. So that's part, so, you know, the statement that you read, the social justice statement, that was something that, that, that I came up with in terms of talk, telling our black faculty staff, hey, we need to have a statement. We have to be able to take a stand. We have to be able to have something in print that lets people know this is how we think about these issues. Um, and then as those issues come forward, we now have a paradigm or a statement, so to speak, that allows us to program around what it is that we believe. And I, I purposely wanted to make sure that it was one that was supportive of anyone and everyone that experienced some type of injustice as it, became, as, as it uh, pertains to society. So, so yes, um, you know, what we see and what was happening um, and continues to happen, the latest being uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, you know, those type of things, we want to make sure we do whatever we can to, to stop that type of violence. Uh, it's particularly perpetrated upon peoples from law enforcement. I mean, law enforcement is supposed to, to protect and serve. That's their motto, right? Uh, but yet we have too many examples where they are not protecting and serving. Uh, we have too many examples where the communities are actually afraid of the police and not for not because they're doing anything wrong. I mean, I can I can remember being um, at 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 at, uh, at parties at at houses or whatever like that. There's no drugs, nothing's happening, nobody's doing anything wrong. But as soon as you hear police sirens, everybody scatters as if we're criminals. Uh, but that's not the case. I mean, there there is a genuine fear um, of the police, and so we we want to make sure that we are contributing to community and providing support uh, for everyone. It's just like, it's something that like, I've even heard from like my own family members, like there's comments, like more so like, like saying them or um, like, you know, I know it's like a generational thing, but it doesn't make it acceptable ever to be racist ever. And I feel like this has been a long time coming for the black community, for people who I, I am actually calling it people in the shadows, the people who never get the spotlight. And I think it's just been way, way too long. And like we've accepted these um, these phrases and these stereotypes about people. And it's just, it's been way too long and it needs to change. There are quite a few of social injustice instances at CSUB that arise often. Um, but we we really wanted to to focus on Black History Month as a goal. Um, hopefully, once um, fall gets here and our pandemic numbers drop, and the CSU system has already said that they're going to be back to an in-person operation come fall, we'll be able to get more involved and be able to tackle more issues as they arise. Um, I did hear of a situation that happened with regards to um, Associated Students um, that happened last term. Uh, but I didn't get too much information on that. Um, and I know that there were some professionals, um, not necessarily in, in front of, from the African-American community, but just professionals on campus that work with the students uh, through that situation. Um, but, but we, of course, if there is any scenarios that happen uh, on the campus that would necessitate us to move into action, uh, know that we will. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I, when I was at, at Cal State Northridge, I was 
um, a student leader and a student uh, advocate, as well as an activist. Uh, so I know what it means to, to be involved. I know what it means and how to get things changed. You know, a lot of times people uh, think that uh, a protest changes things. Um, you know, even if we look at what happened um, back on January 6th in our cap nation's capital, um, whether you want to call that a protest, an insurrection, or whatever, those type of things never change anything. All a protest does is bring attention to your cause. It allows you to inform people of what's going on and what the problem is. But that in and of itself does not bring or make the change that you may desire. The change comes when the powers that be sit around at the table and talk things out and, and come up with uh, collaborative efforts or make changes that are blatantly racist or blatantly wrong, uh, where they put it in the policy and come up with a plan, a plan to put it into practice. That's where the change comes. That's where um, the progress uh, uh, takes place. Yeah, um, anyone who thinks that a protest is going to change anything, they, 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 they are not understanding uh, the process. And so one of the things that we want to do with BFSA is um, make sure that people understand what the process is. You have to go through the right process in order for things to change. You can yell and scream all you want. You can write all kinds of stuff on posters. But all you're doing is bringing attention to what you want to have changed. The change takes place after the protests. I think you brought up a really good point because, um, I mean, when all of those protests were happening, I was seeing um, a lot of trending YouTube videos on like news stations and these people are protesting in black communities, but also destroying like black businesses and it's like part of their own neighborhood or people are coming from a different neighborhood and destroying someone else's neighborhood that is like the majority of black people in that neighborhood so it i i can see the confusion as to why people are like well if i protest then i'm standing up for a cause and i'm gonna change but you're right it doesn't do anything you have to vote you have to like wait and go through that process um, it's good that you're bringing the attention, but when it gets like way too violent and out of hand and you're harming other people in your community or others that, you know, don't deserve that because these people like it's their own business. It's not like they can just rebuild it. Like, I think the, the biggest thing, yeah, is to vote and like for those men in the or men and women in those chairs, like making those big decisions about like um, social injustice and how it needs to stop and the laws that we can create to make them stop, you know, or at least have people punished for them. <laughs> Do you have any advice for the future of our nation when it comes to these social injustices that are still prevalent today? First and foremost, um, I feel that I'm, I'm, I'm a man of God. There is a certain moral standard that is set. Um, and that moral standard is set by my faith. And I would encourage everyone, you know, whether you believe in God or not, you need to set yourself a moral standard. What line will you not cross? What line will you never cross because of the moral standard that you have for how you live your life? And once you have that moral standard, uh, you stick with it and then you don't cross it. Now, along with that, when it comes to society and interacting with people, 
that moral standard now sets a guideline. And so now what you have to do is you have to be willing to meet people halfway. One of the things that I went through that really changed me um, was attending cultural awareness type of events. Um, most of the time, you don't get to really know somebody until you sit down and talk to them. I just had, had no contact with them whatsoever. And going to Cal State Northridge and big universities like that is really a, um, like a microcosm of the world. All of a sudden, this was in my face. And I didn't know how to deal with it being a young 17-year-old. I'm having professors that are gay. I'm having uh, uh, my immediate supervisor getting a little student assistant job uh, that's gay or, or someone that I need to be in contact with that's lesbian. But I don't have an understanding of that group. And the information that I have with it is probably one that is stereotypical uh, and probably kept me more in fear of that group than having an opportunity to uh, have an, an open mind about that particular demographic. So I went to a, a cultural awareness retreat and they of course were represented. And again, at 17 years old, I was like, wait a minute, you know, cause my, my, my concept of culture was more about um, the place in the world where you were from or the color of your skin uh, that defined culture. But yet here was the LGBTQ community uh, group saying that they were a community, saying that they were a culture. And I was like, I didn't understand. But that experience and going through, um, there was a facilitator that, that put me uh, symbolically or metaphorically, if you will, in the shoes of, of a gay man. And out of that experience, this is what I think happened for me. I began to see the humanity in the LGBTQ community. And because I did that and I was willing to take a risk, I gained some friends that I would not have had because I wouldn't have put myself in a position to try to get to know them on my own. And so sometimes the, those cultural awareness retreats put you in a place where, um, and I don't want to use the word forced, but you're in a place where you have to deal with issues. You have to deal with problems and concerns as it pertains to other individuals. And when you can see the humanity of someone else, when you can see that others are going through similar problems as you, your connection with them allows you to open up and you now have a, a foundation to where you can work with somebody because now you know a little bit, you know a little bit more. You're not a member of the group. You don't, you don't necessarily make a connection in the field with every single thing. You know, um, as, as, as much as I promote and love women, I'm not a woman. So I, 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 to the degree to which I can feel and understand sexism is significantly different because of my life experience versus their life experience. But in making the connection and establishing uh, women as allies, it allows me to stand with them it allows me to, to uh, speak up for them. It allows me to see a situation that's sexist and be able to call it out for what it is instead of keeping my own blinders on and operating in this world as if I'm the only one that matters. So, so I, I would hope that people would take the opportunity to try to get to know folk, try to get to know you. 
this movement that we have in the country associated with some some of Trump's supporters, uh, what we saw in the insurrection. There were people to the, some people went to that Capitol armed, you know, and, and we find out that people put bombs in places and stuff like that. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to put myself in, in their shoes and I'm, and I'm like, you know what? We might have a difference of opinion. We might think that the country should be run in a different way. But me, Darius, I don't want to kill you over it. Right? I don't want you dead just because we have a difference of opinion. If anything, where is it where we have some commonality? And, and, and more than likely, we probably have a lot more in common than we have different. So let's not, let's not make um, the fact that I tend to vote Democrat be a reason why you don't want to get with me. Let's not, let's not use uh, the fact that, I, that, that, that I'm African-American to keep us apart. Next, we have Tamar Anthony, the Department Administrator of Philosophy and Religious Studies and co-chair of the Black and Faculty Staff Association at CSU Bakersfield. Enjoy. This culture of the Black community kind of have to re, they're like kind of reevaluating. They're like, oh, I can do that. I can succeed. I have the power. I have the voice. But I think it's going to take a while for those people to feel comfortable. So when they're put on the spotlight finally and you're like, please like join us. Like we're like you've yeah. been shoved under the rug for way too long. And yeah. it's just this mm -hmm. generation of people who have to like kind of mm -hmm. reevaluate their mind and reset it. And they're like, no, I I can do this. I mm -hmm. am accepted. Mm -hmm. I finally can succeed. Blacks are finally being recognized for their contributions. Um, unfortunately, had to be on George Floyd's um, uh, back for us to get recognition. And others don't, not just George Floyd, but he was the one that uh, his daughter, they did a quote, his daughter made a quote through that whole time that my daddy's going to change the world. And George Floyd <laughs> did, father, George Floyd did change the world. The others, there were many others prior to George Floyd who have been brutalized and victimized by the police department. Um, but he was the one, you know, that kind of changed the perspective and the rioting and so forth and so on. Um, but what I'm saying is that it's about it's about time the the, the goodness, the contributions that African Americans have and how wonderful we are is finally showing. And it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Um, and like you said, we have to kind of rethink um, the way we do things so we can. And it's it's sad that it's taken this long and this many yes. people to share that, but you have a good point. It's it's good now. We are finally, like this is only the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, well, the fight is not over. You know, the, the good fight is not over as John Lewis, you know, the good fight, you know, it's not over. It's just the beginning, you know, this is the beginning of a pivotal turning point, I believe. But it's time for African-Americans to step up and, and to uh, support each other and to really come together and move and direct that needle in a positive direction. I think this yes. is the time to do it. Do you feel that 
I'm not sure if you've worked at other campuses before, but do you feel that CSUB is, so they clearly recognized these marginalized groups. There's groups, like you said, the OWL, there's groups for these Asian Americans, there's groups for Mexican Americans and um, the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Do you feel that, or have you worked at other campuses um, that have not been as accepting or embracing um, the diversity of students? I have not, not in California. I have worked in, um, I was at my campus in, as a student um, in Washington, DC. Um, uh, I was a board of trustees uh, for two years, my undergrad. At that time, um, it was an HBCU and it was, you know, uh, predominantly black. So I was in the, in the thick of it, you know, at that time going to a predominantly black university. Um, and then also at my graduate school, um, it was very extremely diverse um, at my graduate school. Um, so no, not in California. I have not experienced um, any other campuses that are affected by this, but I know it's there. I know it's there. I definitely know it's there, you know. And I want to ask you this question, like personally, like what is driving you to make, just to be a part of something so huge at a university? I am driven by my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, okay? Um, I am driven by God through him who gives me the desires of my heart, who gives me the ambition and the service mentality. Um, I come from a family who we serve um, the community. Um, they call us preachers and teachers. <laughs> oh that's, my that's what our family is. We are, we're just full that's of amazing. preachers and teachers. With that, my grandfather, the Reverend um, Dr. Lee Anthony, uh, was a pioneer in this community in Bakersfield. And I've seen the differences that he was able to impact the lives of the Black community in Bakersfield. And so I feel a little obligated to fulfill his um, his quest and reaching out to the Black community. I am Black, African-American. I love my people at all costs. I just love things all, all Black um, as it related. I love all other people too, don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> um, as, a as a representative, I want to promote excellence. I know where we came from. I know who we are. We are an amazing culture. We are a culture of inventors, uh, resourceful um, individuals, highly educated, just amazing. It's an amazing culture, rich, just full of love. And oh, it's just an amazing culture. And so what I like for the Black community in Kern County is to realize that. And the only, the only way that we can do that is through education. Um, so I'm a proponent for higher education. I'm extremely uh, proud of higher education and what it does for my people and what it can do for my people. So to have a position as the co-chair for the Black Faculty and Staff Association means that I can do my best to unite, to organize, really bring people together from our community, for the students of Kern County, to let them know that we are, uh, we are a community on campus that will support them, that will assist them with mentor opportunities. Um, 
to uh, network. Uh, I mean, just the resources on and off campus are amazing uh, that we can do what we can to provide those resources for our students, um, recruit students, recruit students on campus as student leaders, um, uh, just fall into what African-Americans are designed to do, the culture in itself, to be extremely amazing. We are an amazing culture. So that is my role as the co-chair for the Black Faculty and Staff Association is to do what I can to promote my community. You gave me goosebumps like that whole time. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. chills. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's an honor. It's an honor. I take this role. It's the best job ever. And I'm, not, you know, I have to say, I'm not getting paid for it either. And, you know, we're not, we're not going to ever, we're not always going to get paid for the things that we love to do. Um, and I'm not complaining. It's an honor to work in this role. It really is. It truly is. Well, it's in my heart. It's, I mean it. I truly mean it. And I'm hoping Garris and I, we're hoping that the members of the uh, Black Faculty and Staff Association will allow us to do this one more time next year when we're back on campus. Um, so we can actually be effective in the face-to-face -face environment, um, continue on with the um, uh, programming and events for, um, and bring new um, topics, you know, bring new discussions. Um, I really, I love our allies, you know, those who are not of the Black community. That, that's the thing about Blacks. Let's, let's be very clear about Blacks. We are not a racist people, okay? Um, we, we have our issues, you know, we do have colorism in the black community, um, but we're not a racist people. We've always been wondering why are you guys hate us? You know what I'm saying? And, 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 it, and it transcends, it, it comes out, it manifests through rage, like you talked about the native son, where we get in trouble, you know, for what we do because we're angry you know, but it's like, why are you so mad at us? Because we're brown. You know, we have not done anything. It, it just hurts my heart, you know, for, for people to be so angry at the Black community. You know, we, the Black community definitely, I feel, does need to do better, you know, as far as, um, you know, uh, our mentality and, uh, you know, education, again, is the one that can change a community. You know, um, so if we can promote more education in the Black community, um, that would help. Um, but we've never been a hateful kind of community. We have always been welcome and we love, even in, in the slave days, we've, we've had to do the job of taking care of uh, the master's children, you know, but we've loved those children as we've done it. You know what I'm saying? If you look back at some of the movies and some of the, the uh, stories and stuff, you know, um, we've never been a hateful type of culture. So I said that to say is that it, trans, it transcends, it manifests through love and what we do. Martin Luther King was always about love um, and peace. Um, you know, John Lewis, um, you know, we, we've had to fight through these times, but it's always been about love and not hate. The allies, our allies, period, on campus, in the community, in the world, you know, um, the mixtures of races that are involved in the allies. We can't forget about the support and the love that we receive and how we 
you know, we support and love them. But me being an advocate for the black community does not exclude, it never excludes the students that I love and support on campus who are allies and non-black students. I just am an advocate for my community to uplift my community. If you're from like a community where like the majority of people are not going to a um, an institution of higher education yes. I think that often makes you feel like you have like the lack of opportunity like you're like oh well I'm never going to make it because of where I'm from and I think I, I just really wanted to add that in there we are not products of our environment I really wanted to just make that comment because we do have the power and as long as we just have the drive to change now there's so many opportunities and when I'm like talking to other family members my age and they're like oh I'm I can't go go to school because I don't have the money for it and I'm like you realize that there's grants there's like yeah. money mm -hmm. there's people that support like if you're Mexican if you're Native American if you're Asian American mm -hmm. if you're an immigrant if you're like any of these things and I just I think that I think that's just so important that if we focus on higher education that really is one of the keys or if not the key to making mm -hmm. this change so let me say this i'm a proponent for higher education but i also have to say it's up to us those um, um leaders to reach into the community and show the kids the option okay now not everybody not everybody's going to be successful and higher education. I've learned that recently by many, many different colleagues. Not everybody's going to go to university, okay? Show our kids our, the options. So if we reach out to young demographics like sixth graders and fifth graders and start early and plant the seed, that's our, the nonprofit. I run a nonprofit as well, and this is actually what we do. Plant the seed, and we talk about the options of higher education in other uh, technical um, education, period. It just starts with education. So I'm a proponent for higher education because I work at a university and I know what intrinsic reward a degree is for people. But also I do know how successful people can be if they focus on a trade, if they focus on other avenues as opposed to higher education. But education is required for everything. So that is the whole, that's the main um, goal right there in, in reaching in to these young people early. And that's kind of the job of, of leaders. What kind of advice do you want to give to students at CSUB who are afraid to come forward and just be successful, like with themselves? Like, what would you want to tell them? Say that, you know, um, if I'm speaking to the Black students, I want to say that Black History Month, I'm learning some things in even Black History Month. Never stop learning, never stop discovering, never stop being so open to hearing something new or different people's perspectives. History repeats itself um, and we have the opportunity to change history. If we step up and really take that charge, I just want to say, just, you know, do your best at who you are. Strive to be, to live your best life. And that takes being tolerant. It takes listening and learning, leadership and contribution. And know that Black History Month is for all, but yet it's for us. And 
we can make it better every year and continue Black history all year. This is our opportunity to do it every month, not just for the month of February. We need to live in this history. We need to show others our pain, our struggle, because they don't understand. You know, they don't understand. Olivia Warren, we had an event on, on campus and she said it perfectly. It's generational. And when she said that, it hit home to me because I'm working on my, my research is post-traumatic slave syndrome. And post-traumatic slave syndrome is all about the generations and how things are passed down from generation to generation. And it's generational. We are living our history. It's within us. And in our children, in the young people, so we have a chance to change it. We have a chance to celebrate it. And we don't need to listen to anybody telling us that we can or cannot do it. We don't have to have an apology. We don't have to have permission. We don't need to live like that any longer. We are a beautiful people. Let's go ahead and show the world who we are what's wrong with that? And we don't have to be sorry about it. That's where I am. The way we are designed, the way everybody is designed, it's a beautiful thing. We need to celebrate that. We need to celebrate. It's not just Black History Month. It's not just about, you know, the history of what Blacks have done and contributed. It's more than that. It's who we are. And that is why I would suggest everybody to get involved, to understand um, um, Black people. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Camzo. Thank you, Darius. And thank you, Tamar, for joining us on this episode for Black History Month at CSUB. Runners, I will see you in two weeks for our next episode. See you later.